Rangers, this is Zorda. It's time for another episode of the Canned Air Podcast. All right, it's Morphin time. Welcome to another episode of Candare, a tribute to comics and pop culture. I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. I'm Jake Runyon. And joining us today to talk about some of his comics from HamblinComics.com, Austin Allen Hamblin. Thanks so much for being with us, Austin. No problem. Honored to be here. We're going to have a good show this week. It's always fun coming back after uh, being at a con, taking right. a week off. It was yeah. a refreshing week off, i got to say. Was, it was a necessary week off. Very and much That needed. con fatigue that sticks with you. It really does. It really does. But a great con nonetheless. Oh, yeah, and, uh, well worth it. Everyone should check out our coverage, uh, episode 176. It was uh, a hell of a lot of fun. Yeah, it was. Uh, to, but in today's show, in our retro roundtable, we're going to be talking about portable gaming, and I'll, uh, I'll explain why once we uh, get into it a little bit there. I know why. Well, I know you know why, well, the listeners don't know why. <laughs> we're going to be talking about some pretty cool comics in the, uh, what's it called again? The, the uh, Comic Vault. Comic Vault. I always forget the new name. It's a new era. Yeah, new era. Uh, what do you guys have to talk about? I've got a comic called Belfry. Which is visually fantastic. Short little one shot. It's gruesome. It's awesome. Love it. Cool, cool. Jack, what do you got? Black of Heart. Ooh, got the hardback trade finally came in. Our beautiful book it is. So a few of uh, the titles we'll be talking about there, and then we're going to turn our full attention over to Austin and talk about some of his comics he's got. So let's just kick it off with this week's Retro Round Table. Engage. <laughs> Shut up! Shut up! All right, before we actually get on topic really quick, I want to tell our listeners that we have our first, uh, like, pay-per-view paid offering out there in the world on Bandcamp.com. We have the Candare Fantasy Fight. And some of our listeners might know on the show sometimes uh, if we have nothing better to do. (laughs) We pull pull out a chart that has a bunch of uh, heroes and villains from across pop culture. We roll dice upon them pick two of them, and then have a conversation as to if they were battling. And on the show, that's really all about, that's all it really amounts to. But in this special edition, we chose eight characters and uh, fight them down till we have a champion. Uh, We go over character stats, uh, you know, weigh the odds on each of them, have all kinds of cool sound effects, audience uh, applauding, pretty cool announcer in the ring there, too. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's somewhere across between actually, like, watching a fight or playing Street Fighter, I think. With the sound effects, that's what we were shooting for. It's in the yeah. vein of March Madness, I guess, being a <laughs> yeah, bracketed event. Exactly. <laughs> bracketed fantasy fight, a champion. Gotta cash in on this shit, right? Yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, head over to Candare. Uh, is it podcast? Candare podcast. Uh, bandcamp. com, or I'm sure is there a link on the website yet? Mm-hmm. Yep. There's a link on the website. Uh, you can find it on Twitter too. Uh, head over to Bandcamp though and pick it up for a dollar. A dollar. You can't guys. beat it. A dollar. Ooh. Right. I wanted to advertise it as a pay per view event, but then I was like, well, it's not. I mean, no. you buy it once <laughs> and it's yours. So <laughs> pay and view. Yeah, pay and hear. <laughs> It's like, come on, guys. Are we not even worth a dollar to you? Yeah. <laughs> After all these years. Do you want the real answer to that? Oh, boy. Just kidding. I mean, what can you get for a dollar? Harsh words right out of the gate there. <laughs> you can't even get a candy bar for a dollar. Get 100 coins on Pokemon, I think. Yeah. 
100 <laughs> coins on Pokemon Ooh, or a fantasy fight from Candir. Yeah. How long does that last you? Not very More long. than 100 Lifetime. points on Pogamar. Lifetime. This will be almost an hour. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's put that behind us and uh, get right on with uh, our topic at hand here, the uh, portable gaming. The reason I wanted to talk about this was because at uh, there's a dude I work with by the name of uh, Brent Umina. And what he does is uh, gets old consoles, old Nintendos, Super Nintendos, uh, and in this case, the Sega Game Gear. Tears them down, cleans them out, puts new parts in them, makes them work better than new. And I have a Game Gear here that he uh, did up for me. And uh, this was such a fun console, well, now, and <laughs> when I was a kid. Uh, did you? any of you guys have one? Oh, absolutely. I did you? spent hours, hours shutting down columns. That was yeah. my go-to game for any occasion, any day. Rainy day, stay and play columns. Sunny day, stay and play columns. <laughs> Homework, skip it. Columns. Mortal Kombat was the, the shit. That's what I had. Uh, I was I had too it. young and stupid to figure out that you had to combo buttons together to mm-hmm. do the cool shit in Mortal Kombat. So Why I, you do know, I keep losing? Exactly. I keep getting speared or frozen. It's like, it's stupid. I played Sub-Zero and all I can do is kick. <laughs> Yeah, but once you get them down, man, it was oh, yeah. awesome. There was so much blood in that version, too. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty lethal. Poured everywhere. What about you, Austin? Ooh, uh, as far as, like, handheld game systems-wise, so I'm only 22, and the Game Boy Advance, well, that was the one that I, that was everywhere with me. Oh, I see. I've got one of those on the desk right here, actually. It was a great little system. Oh, absolutely. I loved it, and... You know, the only thing I hated was like was the batteries. Was having to change the batteries, and then they did the SP, which was the one that like it folded into itself, so the screen was protected. And then once that happened, oh, that was everywhere with me because that thing was just like a brick. Right now, was the uh, was that backlit screen? I think it was because that's yeah. the one I got. Yeah, was it? Yeah. I uh, always wondered why they, by the time the advance came out, why they hadn't put a backlit screen in know. that thing. But I think it probably comes down to the battery life. Because like Austin's saying, already, I mean, it, it had color, but you still had to have a light over you. You know, they sold that uh, attachment you could stick oh, on man. the back of it. And it was like a big magnifying glass. Yeah, I had that light too. On it. Such like, a gigantic, was the grips on cats. the side. Yeah, the yeah. grips, then like the stick extender that was like an analog. Oh, yep. yeah. And then the big... <laughs> Buttons that like that's how they got you. You had to have all the add ons. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I got nuts with that shit when Pokemon was out, uh, like yeah, Ruby. And I got I bought all that shit because I'm putting some hours into those games, you know. The SP had a battery pack built into it too, so you didn't have to worry about buying no batteries. Kidding. Really, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. that's it what was nice about itself. It. Yeah. Well, it's about time. I'm really behind. I didn't I know that. I still have I'm them. sure I they know probably all are like that now since then, right? From Nintendo, yeah, I haven't yeah, had a Game the... Boy. I want a 3DS so bad. Like, I haven't had anything since Game Boy Color. Didn't have the well, Advance I have a 3DS or the right now. Is it awesome? It, it is pretty great. I mean, you can only do the 3D for so long before your eyes start hurting. Like, anything past about an hour, my eyes will kill me. So I usually just play with the 3D off, which makes me feel like an idiot. Because I'm like, <laughs> I bought a 3DS, and I don't even use the 3D. So, that makes sense, because... You have to you have to have it at a certain angle away from your eyes, right? To for it to work, and I've tried it before, and I'm not even like really interested in the 3D quality. I just want uh, that system. So, is there still a D a DS out there that's of equal uh, stature, I guess, to the 3DS, just minus the 3D feature? There's a 2DS. Yeah, yeah, they have a 2DS, which is exactly the same thing. It just doesn't have the the 3D in the bottom. Is it considerably uh, cheaper? 
I think so. I mean, when we got ours, I think it ended like they were on sale, so it ended up being the same price. So we're like, well, might as well. I mean, yeah. Right. I What's a Wii U? Isn't that a handheld parcel oh, or the Switch? No, I, you know, I, I give it. The Switch could kiss my ass. The <laughs> the, Wii, the Wii U. That's that's. It the had one. like a tablet style controller. That you oh, is that use. what it was? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Touchscreen component. I don't know how on the go that was. Like no, Wii, I think that it was very much tethered the to the console. Itself. Oh, was it? Not yeah. like physically, but you had to keep. I mean, you could have it within the the house. And yeah, 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 like yeah. A, like a Bluetooth. So you kind of like take it on a GameCube ride. where you can hook up your your Game Boy and use it oh, as yeah. a second screen. That was I cool. Still doing that. The uh, Wii U was fun, but uh, I'm glad I didn't buy one. No, <laughs> I've been pretty pissed off. It was enough that I had a friend who had one, because like I'd hang out with him, and it was about as much Wii U as I could handle at a time. Right, right. I tell you what, though, I saw a Switch for the first time the other day. I, I was kind of impressed. It's it's pretty light. It looks good. Clarity's really sharp. Supposedly battery life is decent, according to this guy. I don't know, but it seemed pretty neat, and it's not crushingly expensive. Hmm. So I think it's like, what, 300 Which isn't And the Zelda's supposed to be amazing. The new hotness, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, like, that's the same guy I worked with, uh, Brent, who did this game gear. He bought a Switch over the weekend, and uh, he said it's amazing. The Zelda game's pretty I awesome. want to play the new Zelda, but to me it just feels like, like, kitty story time, The Witcher. <laughs> and I'm still trying to finish The Witcher. You know? Well, when you have a personality that's as fixated on blood and gore and shit like that's yours fair. is, it's I'm hard probably to not be satisfied by <laughs> yeah, anything Nintendo could point. put out, I think. Oh, I'm just so numb. Um, I know what you mean, though. Um, the last time I played a Zelda game, it was for a, a Wii, the a Skyward Sword or oh, yeah. something like that. Yeah. I don't remember what it was called. See, I never even touched that one. It was a fun game. Um, it could be frustrating at points, but... Um, I had the same kind of hill to overcome where I right. like the kitty level was a bit much. But yeah. once you get in it and start doing the adventure, you just roll with it. It's fun. Cool. You know, sure. that being said, though, I will still play the hell out of some Ocarina of Time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love my N64. I was actually playing N64. We had the... Did you guys get a tornado yesterday? Tornado warning? Oh, yeah, the warning. Yeah. I was in Dublin rain. when it hit, and my phone's blowing up. I'm just trying to watch a goddamn movie. And it, oh, this town blew up. There were sirens going off everywhere, because it was spotted here. And we uh, ran... I was excited, because we had to hide in the basement, and that's where all my retro games <laughs> are. So I was like, sweet, let's play some stuff. At least stuff. he died yeah. doing what he loved. <laughs> he died as he lived. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I played Road Rash. That was a fun nice. game. Oh, love that game. But anyway, um, some other implements of uh, portable gaming. Uh, I don't know, Austin, if you remember uh, the Tiger games at all, the, the handheld like electronic Tiger games. Were those the ones that had like one game to per thing? Like it was a built-in <laughs> yep. game? Oh, yeah. Okay, I had a bunch of those, actually. They were hand-me-downs, but... Uh... Those things were bricks, too. Holy crap. Oh, yeah, they really were. And I think they took, like, four double A's. Mm. But um, <laughs> looking back at them and, like, picking one up, it's nearly impossible to ever think you could have played a game on this thing. The yeah. graphics were awesome on them, though. It was just like the black, and the black like little <laughs> image that would tick yeah. across the screen. Yeah. It's like pre-designated spots where an image can be. It's like a digital right. watch. Yeah, yeah. Right. You know? I, I had uh, wrestling, I had a Turtles game, and I had Home Alone 2. Oh my. Handheld Tiger game. And that game, I sat and played the shit out of. I beat it. Like, I beat one of them. Good Lord. Be, I had a Mega Man one. I don't remember what Mega Man, but I had it. And that would be fun. Yeah, that was hard. 
Um, it surprises me Tiger hasn't put out any kind of like an app on your phone where you can oh, now yeah. purchase a little maybe updated pay games. a dollar for that yeah. yeah I would download the app for free pay a dollar for any oh, certain sure. title yeah, I think reasonable. would be a cool format but um, I remember I had Godzilla that was cool was it yeah because it would start out you're like oh there are only three places I can be at any one time I just have to be <laughs> clever about it <laughs> yeah. and then when two of those three are being occupied by missiles and submarines and I cried a lot when I was younger I was a fragile <laughs> kid I couldn't handle failure the sound effects were amazing too oh yeah there were like Beep. four or five bits Turn of fidelity. The sound off. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was the real that. soundtrack to any yeah. type of game. I gotta say, I um, another reason I wanted to do this segment was because uh, we were at Walmart uh, like last weekend, I think, right after the con, and uh, looking through the toy aisle like I do, and. You know, I've seen those little tiny arcade cabinets of, like, oh, yeah. the Atari classics. Mm-hmm. But I've always dismissed them because the ones I've, I remember growing up, you know, just pretty much, like we were saying, have that, like, little dot as Pac-Man right. or something. Very dumbed down from what you play. And uh, I saw they were 20 bucks, and I picked one up. I was like, man, this is bullshit, paying $20 for this. And I hit the screen, the button on it. This was, like, a full-color full fucking screen. Nice. And they had, like, Hubert, Centipede, Pac-Man... It was crazy. I could not believe it. And then I thought, this is only $20? <laughs> Total 180 on your... Yeah, I didn't buy one, but uh, right, yeah. I couldn't believe the screen on it. It was a tiny little, like, working arcade screen. Nice. I want to say back in the 80s, they had the little miniature look like an arcade cabinet. They but did. But those were almost, almost arcade worthy. They weren't like the Tiger. But, what, I, I mean, the Pac-Man being the most... Uh, popular one, I think, but wasn't that just little dots? I mean, you didn't have like the wow, 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 wow. I don't remember. <laughs> I remember seeing people play them, but I never got close enough to see. I had the uh, little Donkey cool Kong one. cabinet, and I remember mm. it. It wasn't as sophisticated as the original Donkey Kong. It just had that one stage set that's like the jagged girders and such. Mm. But it was pretty decent. Like I, somewhere in the basement, it doesn't work. But I have buried a little foldable. Game and Watch. Nice. Uh, electronic. I, I, I thought about tearing it up or maybe giving it to Brent. Maybe Brent could get that thing working. What is it? Oh, it's, you remember Mr. Game and Watch? Like the little t- handheld uh, things that you would open up and then you had a, two little buttons you'd play? I remember having one that was like Donkey Kong that was like that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this, these fuckers are old. I mean, I it's think like two some of them it was like the wood of paneling the on the thing. Like fake wood paneling. <laughs> like the Ataris did. <laughs> I had a... Um, it's called Game and Watch Gallery, I think, for my Game Boy. That had like oh. all the old Game and Watch games and like the original version, and then an updated version that was like souped up with better graphics and like sure. actual animations. I played the bejesus out of that thing. Mm. Got pretty good at that one with the octopus, where you got to get all the swag down at the bottom and get back up to the boat without getting strangled and dying alone <laughs> <laughs> underwater. Uh, what about you, Austin? Ooh, I of of those I had the uh, it was a fishing one, but the weird thing about I think it was literally called Let's Go Fishing, and <laughs> which not. Is a great name. You had to actually like cast it, like you had to you had to move the the thing forward for it to cast the line out to try to catch a fish, and then you just waited. So it was pretty <laughs> horrible. It sounds very realistic though. No, it was. God, I want to find that now. Cause, and on the side had the reel, so when you reel it in, you actually had to spin it. To, My cousin uh, had one fishing. of those. 
Really? It was, yeah, it was fun. That makes me think of a game that was on uh, Nintendo, uh, just regular Nintendo. I don't remember what it was called, but it was a fishing game. This is all like rushing back to me as you're talking about this, where um, the only way we ever played it was by putting in the cheat codes, because otherwise you're just <laughs> sitting there looking at 8-bit fucking line in the water, you know? Yep. But, um, just like real fishing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you do the up, up, down, down, left, right. I think the same code for every fucking game on that right. console. And it would show you on the on the lake map where the fish were. So you go cast your line and then try to reel him in. That was fun. That was a lot of fun. Damn. I want to find that game now. <laughs> watch games. Do you guys remember the watch games? It was the same premise as the tiger games, but it was just like on a watch. You played with the buttons on the side. Vaguely, yeah. I never had one of those. I had one. I think one, that was just slightly before my one. time. Boy, I thought I was bad shit with that thing, too. Walking around with Sonic on my wrist. It's like, so my guys. parents would never let me. It's bad enough they wouldn't let me have video games, but one to wear on my wrist. Good God, they were. You lost the devil. School. Yeah. My schoolwork would never get done. That's all I'd be doing in school. Right. It's like the, the games that they have on tennis shoes now for little kids. It's like Simon. What? Yeah. Oh, dude. At the Power Ranger movie yesterday, totally unrelated, but speaking of kids in their fucking shoes... This family sits, sits next to me, and of course the dad doesn't want to sit next to me, so he puts his fucking two-year-old or three-year-old oh. kid right there, and I'm like, oh, son of a bitch. And he sits there, and he puts his his uh, footrest up, which, you know, it has those big leather seats, so when you yeah, put yeah. it up, it's like, <laughs> like the whole way up. And when it's up, he starts slamming his heels into the rest because he has lights in his shoes. So not only is he pounding his feet, these fucking lights are going off. And the dad just sitting there chowing down on popcorn. (laughs) Oh, I hate people. (laughs) Sucks. Having some quality time with my son. Yeah. I only get to do it twice a month. Well, I conveyed that I was pretty pissed off. And then he got his son out of there pretty quick. And (laughs) then he sat down there. So anyway, I had to get that out. Um, Other implements of portable gaming. I think the iPhone. That's fair. Is something to address here. I mean, I think it's kind of made a lot of these things, aside from Nintendo's, uh, you know, Cash Cow, the DS's, made other all kinds of portable gaming obsolete. There's kind of anything on these things. Kind of a golden age there, where there are a lot of really cool, interesting games for iOS and Android and stuff. Mm -hmm. But it's it's like so monetized now. Yeah. Well, there, a lot of them are free, so you have to, you know, it's different when people would, oh, I can spend, what you know, $200 to buy a handheld system or, and then buy games, or I could just play free games on my phone. Right. And, you know, now that you say that, now that I'm sitting here thinking about it, I play more games on my phone than anything else. Yeah, pretty much. I play Mario, um, Pokemon Go, uh, the DuckTales game, I play the shit out of that. <laughs> I can't play, I get a lot of games, they end up... For a couple hours, I'll play them or a couple of days, and then after that, I don't go back to them after a while because it's almost like it's a, a hassle to go back and well, that's the test redo of the same game. level over again because you're trying to get a little bit stronger with your superhero team or something like that. Yeah, I mean, I always download these games, try it out, and then if I have the urge to go back, I keep it. If not, I just delete the damn thing, and so many games have gone to the wayside. But uh, yeah, especially DuckTales. I can't tell you how many times I've played that <laughs> game through. Um, speaking of which, they're putting all those Disney Afternoon 8-bit games uh, out for Xbox One, PS4. No kidding. In a bundle, like a $20 bundle. Great <laughs> Yeah, like Tailspin, Darkwing Duck, Chippendale 1 and 2, DuckTales 1 and 2. 
That's cool. I will be buying that <laughs> shit. <laughs> that's cheap. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. You know that's wild because like it's these are games that are ostensibly for children, right? But their target audience with this. It's not children, no. right? It's idiots like us who are uh, like, yeah, I'd buy it. Well, you know, they're really hitting the uh, the retro factor on them. I mean, being nostalgic about 80s and 90s is right. very popular. That's you know? where the money is. Hence this podcast. <laughs> 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 but um, I forget what I was going to say. Gone. Just gone. DuckTales is coming out again pretty soon. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> That's <laughs> totally it. No, I think they're they're putting it out at the same time right. as that to help you know each them promote one got another. This new show coming back uh, was out a while ago. Here's something you could do to play along with them, so we can make us more money. Well, I think they'll they'll even probably put the Ducktales with the upgraded graphics on that disc, the one I've been playing on my phone because mm-hmm. it was on Xbox Arcade as well, and uh, maybe try to bridge the new kids who are into the new generation over to that game because the animation isn't that different. I guess Donald won't be in the game, but what are you going to do? <laughs> PSP. Anyone ever have one of those? I played one no. for about five minutes while we were waiting for a movie to start, and I just couldn't. I was like, I can't play it. The screens are too small. So portable really? games. Yeah. I never got into portable games that much just because I like the big screen, really. I had a PSP, and I, and I enjoyed it for a while. But looking back on it, it was such an unwieldy system. Like it had a D-pad and one analog stick. So, and there were and there were all these like first-person shooter-style games to play with it. They were just impossible to play, you know, because you've got to use all of these weird arcane methods to try and move in straight lines. Oh man, it was cool. There was some cool stuff, but I wouldn't buy it again if I had the chance. Right. One thing I do want to get, um, I the system I have in the basement is a Retron 2. It, it's like a modern console that plays old games. Right. And they have Retron like up to like 30-some. that have, will take 30-something different Good cartridges. Boy. There's a ton of them out there. But um, one thing I've been seeing online is an actual... It's, it looks like a Game Boy Advance, just a lot bigger. But you can actually plug your N64 cartridges in it. Mm. Or your oh, I've seen that Super Nintendo cartridges, nice. and you just play it right there on the screen. <laughs> I think I might invest in one of those. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I would say so. I love my N64. They're gonna have to bury me with that thing. It's a great system. Unfortunately, not all the games. Like Perfect Dark was my jam in the day. I love that game. It replaced Goldeneye for me. Sure, but uh, it's didn't really you hold cannot up. go back and play That's it. Sure. You know, you're side to side, front and back, up and down. It's all in that yeah. one stick. You don't have your two axes. Oh. It's so hard to play, you know. Tell you what, Mario Kart still holds up for me. Oh, Mario absolutely. Mario Kart 64 and uh, StarCraft 64. Mm. If you've ever wanted to play split-screen StarCraft with your buddies, oh, my God. There's nothing like it for when you're already drunk and you need something really frustrating <laughs> to try and do for an hour. <laughs> Oh, it's the worst. Oh, man. But it's the, it's the best. Starcraft. They're bringing that back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The remaster. Yeah. Have we ever plays out. like solely talked about the Nintendo sixty four? I think we have. Maybe. Yes, we have. Yeah, it was with um, <clears throat> uh, good Nick Good Nick Good Good. Was it? You might have to edit this out because I just screwed no, up. No, I'm leaving it. Okay. <laughs> oh, good. It'll teach you not to. I'm fuck sorry, up. man. <laughs> Make you look like you're talking about. You they're talking British. About. They're too British. Yeah. No, fellas. I know who you're talking okay. about. I just I, I can't remember. It's been so long ago. But anyway, we'll check into that. Um, any other thoughts on portable gaming before we move on, gentlemen? No. 
No. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> There was a game that I loved uh, back in the day called uh, The Adventures of Society 6. Did you ever play that one? I remember that game. I heard it's very well-reviewed. Very well-reviewed indeed, Jake. A cheap. <laughs> very cheap. <laughs> one might even say shockingly inexpensive for the yeah. quality of what you get. No kidding. In this game, you can get candy, t-shirts, mugs, and wall clocks at a in low fact, price. that's the objective. And... This isn't even a game at all. This is reality, people. <laughs> Live the dream. You Be thought, I missed this game? How haven't I played this game? You can play it in real life. You can buy a candy, a t-shirt, mug, or clock. Head over to society6.com forward slash candarepod. Oh, I just got trolled. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? What the hell is going on right now? And then I'm like, damn it, I buy stuff from Society6. How did I not get that? And possibly floor pillows pretty soon. Really? Oh, you say floor pillows? Yeah. What is a floor pillow? I don't well, know. Well, if I had to guess, just from context clues. Okay, smartass. I understand it's a pillow that's on the floor, but I mean, I, I, I don't know if it's a pillow that's made to sit on the floor. I don't know why. It's probably you like that. one of those love sack things. It's like, hey, look like what I got. No, no, get that off the bed. <laughs> it's a floor <laughs> pillow, young man. <laughs> it's like they had uh, advertisements for dad hats. What the fuck is a dad hat? I don't know. Please explain. It's Get your can dare dad hat at yeah. Society6. We don't know what it is, but we'll sure like, put our logo on it. It's a, it's a big thing starting out dad hats. I don't we know. ought to just start picking the weirdest shit on the website and putting our logo on that. Can dare rectal thermometer. Well, there's, there's shower curtain. <laughs> can dare pregnancy <laughs> test. Can do a shower curtain? I'll take the pregnancy test. I'll test them. A shower <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. You say shower curtains? Yeah. People could shower with us? Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. You That'd be hilarious. And I don't even have to pay them to do it this time? That's crazy. <laughs> They'll know, we'll know that you're there this time. Oh, oh man. All the crazy stuff. That There's a lot of stuff on there, yeah. We're going to have to take a look at that. So keep an eye on Society6. Maybe by the time you're here in this, we'll have some crazy shit up yeah, there. Stop leading this hollow half-life you're stuck in and fulfill yourself with some candid <laughs> merch. But all joking aside, the t-shirts are really high quality. Yeah, they are. I love uh, them. I was really, really surprised. I'm actually going to be getting myself another one here. So nice. uh, also keep an eye on Twitter. We're always telling you guys when there's, like, we're just coming off a weekend here that was 20% off and free shipping. Yep. There's and almost always something going on. All the time. So, yeah. Uh, society6.com forward slash candarepod. And with that, let's go into the comic vault. Thank you. Thank you. I lost that sound effect, so I need someone to do it. You know? Um, I think I'll just go first this week, since I uh, always let you assholes go first. Look at the dictator over here. He's <laughs> telling us how it is. Look at All right. Dick. So this... Uh, <laughs> Ten like I didn't hear that. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Um, this is a offering I picked up from the uh, Cincinnati Comic... What am I talking about? We went uh, Cincinnati. Oh, no. It was the other direction. <laughs> start that again. Pick this up in oh, Kentucky cool. last week. <laughs> <laughs> this is a book I picked up at the uh, Cleveland Wizard World Comic Con this past weekend we attended, and uh, or two weekends ago. And uh, it's from Source Point Press called Up the River, uh, written by Travis McIntyre, uh, and pencils and inks by Stephen Sharar, uh, and colors by Sean Seal. Uh, this was a lot of fun to read, but... 
Jake, you kind of made a point not too long ago uh, with independent and web comics. It's probably not the best idea yeah. to tell too much about them because yeah, I always feel bad revealing too much about us, the story. Yeah, these guys are trying to uh, you know get these in people's hands here. So I'm just going to give a brief overview of it um, up the river. It starts with a uh, superhero who is getting the living shit beaten out of him by a bunch like mobsters. Look at all that red. Yeah, a lot of red. And uh, it just starts, the comic starts with him just pretty much being already beaten to a pulp. And they're like, should we do it here? Should we take him downtown to the boss and do it there? And they're like, just do it here. Pull this guy's arms off, pull him limb from limb, destroy him. They decide we're just going to take his head with us as proof that he's dead. And after it's all said and done, and there in the bushes was this superhero's son watching the whole thing happen. And he walks over and sees his dad's goggles that he wore in this pot, this puddle of blood, picks him up. And it then morphs to uh, him being an adult. And uh, very Huck Finn style, him and a bunch of guys are in this boat on, uh, on the, what's the name of this river again? The Hard Silt River, which is nothing but red water. And from what I understand in the book, contact with this water can have a certain type of reaction on you, depending on your, like, I guess your DNA build, maybe. You get wet. Well, I mean, you, it'll either, like, turn you into, like, some mindless zombie thing or give you certain types of uh, powers, which I, I'm guessing is where his dad had received power from. But uh, it starts with him heading down the river, and um, I'm just going to kind of leave it at that. It was a lot of fun to read. Uh, you should head over to sourcepointpress.com. There we are. And uh, check it out. Again, continually being impressed with Sourcepoint Press. Uh, we first heard of them, what, three years ago? Like, pretty much when we started yeah. this uh, show. And it's like they doubled They're blowing up. in yeah. size, if not yeah. gotten bigger. The, the, the work that's coming from them is gorgeous. The stories are awesome. They're not slowing down either. No, mm. no. Um, they're getting really big. So if you haven't heard of them, check them out, sourcepointpress.com, and check out Up the River. That's it. Cool. Who would like to go next? Austin, do you want to go next? Yeah, sure. Sure, I got one. Um, I picked this up uh, two days ago and finished it yesterday. It is called Snot Girl. Uh, it's uh, the volume one. Uh, I picked it up. Be- I can't remember who draws it, but Brian Lee O'Malley writes it. So Scott huh. Pilgrim versus the World. Nice. Um, you know, ten bucks for for a first image trade. So I said, all right, cool. I'll pick it up, check it out. Uh, not even having any idea what it's about. Okay, and I bring it home and I start reading it. And basically, it follows fashion bloggers in L.A. Um, and the There's main not character for that in this world, right? No. <laughs> oh, agreed. I. I you know, and, and I'm like, well, this was probably not... And I had read uh, Scott Pilgrim, and I would read Seconds, which was another uh, original graphic novel we did, and I really enjoyed. And basically, the premise of this is that the main character has uh, green hair. Basically, she's getting stalked, and she's trying to figure out who her stalker is. Um, it's, it's like a, it's a slice of life, because everything that happens in the comic could happen. And... This is everything that I don't read in comics. I'm normally a sci-fi horror guy. And you want to know what? I fucking loved this. Um, <laughs> I found myself, uh, like, with these girls who were, like, arguing with each other. I'd be like, uh-uh, that bitch did not do that. <laughs> um, and I'm going to pick up volume two when it comes out. But, uh, yeah, it was a weird a weird thing. And I found myself oddly enticed in it. You said snot girls? Or snot girl. I've never even heard of this. Mm. I have I, to check I, it out. I don't think it was. I don't think it came out in single issues. To be honest, 
because uh, it had like chapter breaks in it. So I think it just came out as a graphic novel or maybe it was a web comic that got collected because usually he draws his own stuff, but he just wrote this one. And that's why I can't remember hmm. who drew it. Wow, it looks worth checking out. I mean, on Image, you can't go wrong, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and, and $10 for, for a first volume. Yeah, we've talked about that on the show before. I mean, those Image trades are so uh, inexpensive. It's, yeah. like, stupid not to get them. It's pretty you know? reasonable. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you typically get as much, if not less, reading from, like, the big two's graphic novels for almost double that amount of money, mm-hmm. you know? Sure. Oh, okay. So, uh Plus the stories, not that the stories in the big two aren't good, but uh, you you always get a good story with image. I have yet to be disappointed. You get a lot of variation as well. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. Agreed. Very cool, man. Very cool. Who's next? I'll go next. Jake, do it. Sorry, I took the initiative there. I hope you're cool with that. You need to roll first. I know, right? (laughs) What's your dexterity modifier? Okay. So I've got a little one-shot called The Belfry, written and directed by Gabriel Hardman. Who? who I'm not familiar with, but based on his work here, I consider myself a fan already. Um, it cuts right in. This is like a no-fat, super trim to the bone sort of story, and I love that because it was lightning fast-paced. We've got a plane, a passenger plane crashing in the jungle. Who knows where? The details are irrelevant. Passengers survive. Um, co-pilot survives. The pilot himself is alive but wounded a branch from a tree busted the windshield and pierced his eye oh my god it was pretty gruesome in the first or one of the early panels you think he's dead but he snaps too and it's clear he's a little brain damaged which is terrifying i hate that concept and uh they're sort of collecting themselves you know they're just thankful everyone's alive and then uh almost without warning this huge bat hybrid woman monstrosity swoops down from the darkness bites the main character on the neck and swoops off he's like what what the fuck was that you know it's just this thing tackles him down bites him and then she just bails and over time they're starting to get picked off and carried away by these bat people now mind you when i bought this comic i was not trying to read another vampire story (laughs) Because I know I've done that for like four uh-huh. months now. But that's what it ended up being. Uh, the word is never used, and these are obviously very feral, bestial sort of monstrosities. There's none of the, you know, royal lineage and ooh, morality and all that noise. Like, they're just... And the design of these bat people is fantastic. It calls to mind, like, man-bat from Batman. Yeah, that's what, that's where my mind yeah, goes yeah, when you say almost that. almost exactly like that. But the thing I really love about these is they have... Realistic's a stupid word to use in this situation. But they have what I've come to think of as like a realistic wingspan. Like human size and scale, but the length of their wings is like... They're believable bat people. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 almost absurd how big their wings are. But the more you think about it, you're like, yeah, I guess they'd have to be pretty big. Calls to mind some dorky special I must have watched on Animal Planet where it's like... You mean if humans just big wings, enough and able to... Uh... To be able to carry the body weight. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And so they 20 feet long. Right, yeah. And it's cool because it's not like they sprouted wings out of their back or something. Their arms and hands became the wings as a bat's arm, oh, you know, which yeah. is really cool. So they've got a little bit of that anatomical precedent mm-hmm. as opposed to being like, ooh, it's just a fantasy monster. Well, they <laughs> these bat people round up all the survivors. I'm just going to call them vampires. Vampires round up all the survivors, bring them back to this cave that's like at the bottom of a pit lined with bamboo stakes. They're behind a cage, and there's this 
like withered old man on the other side who like throws them a bucket of fish heads and slop. He's like dinner time, everybody. And they're like, you gotta let us out of here. What are you doing, man? And he's like, shh, shh, shh. I hope you don't turn. But if you don't, they'll have to take your eyes. And like the panel seems in, and both of this guy's eyes are missing. And it's crazy. He's like the ones who turn fly with them. The ones who don't become their slaves. And oh my! It's this whole thing. So the vampires come in. And they start stabbing people's eyes, the ones that don't turn. And the turning happens fast, and they fly up and out and, I guess, join the flock or whatever. Uh, But the main character, he's about to be relieved of his eyes, but he turns, like, in a fit of rage, fights off his attackers and flies out. The last panel, we see him taken off over the jungle. And out of the clouds, here comes another airplane, which he's poised to run into, (laughs) sort of setting the cycle (laughs) off again. Oh, but look, telling you about the story doesn't do the art style justice because it's just stunning. It's got this really jagged, kind of sketchy look to it. Colors are very dark, sort of muted. Oh, it's gorgeous. Where is this? Where's, what medium is this on? Uh, is this, it a webcomic? No, this is this is a comic. I, I got it on Comixology. Oh, okay, So whether cool. there's a physical version of this available, I would assume so. But yeah, uh, the and Belfry. you mean for us to believe that you did not seek this out? I did not seek this out. This was suggested to me through the website, which, in retrospect, I know so I should have been able so to. A, a website about vampires. It wasn't a website about. It was you're so attuned to this shit that it's finding you now. That's correct. Yeah, I've cast the line, and the fish are coming to my lure. Oh, that's great. Very good. What was it? Thank One you. more time. What was it? The, the Belfry by the Belfry. Gabriel Hardman, written and drawn. Good for him. Very cool. Yeah. Belfry sounds like vampires. Shut up. Whenever I, yeah. <laughs> Whenever I hear that, I just think of uh, Bruce Timm's Bat- well, Batman the Animated Series. Because as much as I love that show, one thing I hated was how many times the villains would use the, there's a bat in my belt. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that kills me. That's the go-to. Every wisecrack Jim Gordon would make as soon as Batman would disappear. I hate when he does that. <laughs> anyway, Jack, what do you got? Black a Heart from Narrier Publishing, written by Chris Charlton and art by David Hollenbach. Q. And it's a old black and white detective noir from the twenties, mm-hmm. basically about a killer they called the Vulture because they they said he'd circle around the city and then swoop in on girls and cut them up and rape them. And his calling card would always be that he cut the eyelids off of one eye and took the other eye. Jesus, he's yeah. a cool guy. <laughs> but it's all in black and white. Uh, the, the, it's a good story. The most about it is the artwork, because it's like that sounds almost familiar. like Did photographic. I... We read this because they were on the show before. I'd actually yeah. picked up a copy okay. of Space Con. I was going to say I, I know the title wasn't foreign to me but I couldn't remember if we actually we did talk about this on the show and we have looked at the first yeah, I looked at the first issue for their like, Kickstarter and the, yeah. the killer wears that hood with eyes all on it that are yes this was a good book and the word the thing about the artwork is something about the eyes on everyone because they're always it seems like they're looking at you all in every panel well, it's, uh, even they're, they're real not. photographs spliced in and colored if I yeah. remember correctly but some of them are Real morbid looking, like that one. Yeah, I don't know what faces of <laughs> death episode. Black and white with there. little bits of color here and there, but as you go on through the story, it ends up being full color towards the end. And I haven't gotten all. I'm on the last part of it because it's a like a four four issue trade. So by the end, it's full color all wow. over the place. Yeah, it just looks fantastic. Yeah. Start to yeah. finish, a gorgeous book. But it's definitely a must read. 
I liked it a lot for yeah. what I've gotten through it. And it, that hardback looks gorgeous. Yeah. That was so a Kickstarter exclusive. Nice. Yeah. That was worth it, obviously. Very cool. All right. With that behind us, let's just turn our full attention over to Austin and talk about some of the comics he has over at HamblinComics.com. Thanks again for being with us, Austin. No, no, seriously. It's been fun so far. It's been fun. Thanks for dealing with me. <laughs> <laughs> so um, let's touch on some of these comics you have at your uh, website here uh, first. Let's talk about maybe the Headless Hitman, which is a take of the Headless Horseman's brother, correct? Yes, yep. The Headless Hitman, the basically the universe is the Shire meets Tokyo. So you've got a world that both has technological advances, but it's all supernatural beings. We've got the beloved vampires, uh, as well as uh, about everything else you can think of. <laughs> I'm in. Uh, I had to take a jab. I'm sorry. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he's the Headless Horseman's younger brother who, uh, if you have a uh, license, you can be a hitman. So along with his sidekick, which is a cigar-smoking Lucha Libre baby named El Kikasso. That was my uh, nickname in high school, actually. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's Holy been too long shit. since I had. <laughs> Did you hear that? <laughs> my God. That blow your mind. Circle. <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, that that's uh, we've got the first issue of that out, and the kind, each issue is a self-contained story. Uh, I'm a big fan of the classic Fantastic Four, uh, Stanley and Jack Kirby. That was actually my gateway into comics, and I kind of loved that each issue was its own adventure. Uh, in comics back then, you know, you didn't have to read twelve issues like at Marvel and DC now, where if you want to know what's happening in Daredevil, you not only have to read Daredevil, you have to read Spider-Man. You know, right. you have to read everything. Uh, So each one's a self-contained story, and the story is uh, basically what what they're all gathering around is they're different adventures, but at the focal point is uh, Craig, who's the headless hitman, he is uh, in a relationship with a goblin woman who has a son from a previous relationship who happens to be with Bigfoot, Uh, but he's trying to basically connect with his stepson, uh, but which is not easy to do. So you kind of get the comedy in that with the fucked up scenario and world. <laughs> there was a uh, panel in that book that uh, had me cracking up where uh, the witch is uh, making out with the headless horseman. Wrap your mind, or the headless hitman, excuse me. <laughs> Wrap your mind around that. How do you make yeah. out something with no head? <laughs> and even, even the, and El Cacasso goes, how are you even doing that? <laughs> and that was another uh, another fun part of the book for me was the El Cacasso. Because uh, just his essence, his attitude, the cigar toting, it reminds me of uh, Baby Herman from I, Roger Rabbit. Yep, exactly. So yeah. many people said that. And I was like, holy shit, I never even thought of that. Which sounds so stupid that they're so similar and I didn't think of that. No, and it's good. It's good. It's awesome. Because who's seen Baby Herman in like fucking 30 years? You know? <laughs> right now it also That's reminds true. me of... Uh... Was it the Boss Baby? That new movie coming oh. out? Yeah, yeah. Oh. With, uh, Alec Baldwin. Yeah, yeah. The world needs to burn for what it's done. <laughs> I'll gladly go down with the ship. That movie is unforgivable. Come nuclear dawn. Yeah, yeah. Now, uh, how about the adventures of Punk and Rock? Uh, two uh, screw-up bounty hunters, correct? Yeah, so the adventures of Punk and Rock uh, is, follows the two title characters, Punk, Little Rock, two screw-up bounty hunters in space who do anything for money. But the third main character is the narrator, who not only narrates the comic, but he interacts with punk rock and the reader, and he only narrates the comic because he needs to pay alimony to his ex-wife, with whom he has 27 children. (laughs) 
I love that idea. That is uh, fantastic. Not only you know having that present narrator, but uh, getting as much backstory and character out of the narrator as you do <laughs> yeah. the, the characters in the story. And this book also, um, like the Headless Hitman, is a standalone, correct? Yeah, yeah. It, uh, each uh, issue is a different adventure. And that one, because uh, that one uh, kind of started it all. Uh, that was before the Headless Hitman. And I, I part of the reason was at conventions, it's, it's hard to sell. You know, if you came up to a guy's table who you've never heard of, he's not done any professional work and uh, he has the first issue of a comic out you you buy that at a risk because this guy could very well never get it out and so many indie creators do that they'll get the first issue out or the first chapter of a webcomic and they'll never get back to it so I wanted to be like hey if you buy this right here you've got a story and then also when I got uh, uh, there's five all together now it's going to trade paperback I was like if if you know, and each one had a theme. I'm like, if you like pro wrestling, there's a pro wrestling issue. You know, if you want space pirates, you can buy space pirates. Like, you can read them in any order you want to, and it, you can read five, four, three, two, one if you want. And uh, it, it, it was a lot of fun because it just eventually. Now it's just become like, what haven't we touched on that we can make some jokes about that we love? That's in pop culture. That's awesome because it, it's like you're saying. It's always good just to uh, be able to, and we've said this on the show a million times. It's good to be able to come in and just walk away with a complete story in just a few minutes you don't always want to get tied up in the drama and all the long drawn out crap so uh that's awesome man and uh, so that's starting to come out to be a lot more often now that kind of yeah thing. i think people are starting to see you know there's nothing wrong with the linear stories i mm-hmm. mean i like those too sure. but in a medium that's you know i don't know close to 80 to 90 percent consumed with that concept yeah. at least in the mainstream it's refreshing yeah, yeah, it's very refreshing to come to something like that. And especially that. in the con atmosphere, you don't have a lot of time to grab people's attention. Right. If you're going to want to if you're going to dazzle them with something, you want them to feel like they're going to get what they put into it. Right. And Absolutely. these two stories here with the description you're giving and the images uh, that you can, you know, you can see of these characters, I think it's a, a very inviting kind of a uh, uh, inviting to the con goers and people who are, you know, might just be looking for something to read quick. You know what I mean? Sure. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. They're they're all quick reads. I mean, I always tell people, I said, if you read, if you buy this, you read it. It's not going to make you a better person, but it will make you laugh. And, and and I don't think there's enough fun comics out there. Like, don't get me wrong. I love like you know Southern Bastard, Scouts, sure. you know stuff like that where it's very serious. But there's not a lot of comics that you can just sit back, read, and laugh. There are some, but I just don't think there's enough fun. I mean, for God's sakes, they're comic books. You can't. I, I know people are like, "Oh, it's it's a legitimate medium," which it is, but you can't take yourself too seriously. No. You know, and, and uh, that's kind of what I what I like in comics is is weird, off the wall, just funny bullshit. You got to cover the whole spectrum, right? Absolutely. So there's and comics I, for everybody. And I think when you have a comic creator that you know goes into it with that mindset, knowing you know. I just want to have fun. I want the reader to have fun. That does portray in the book. You know, if you go into it trying to make this long story, thinking too much about it, stressing on it, I think that stress also comes off in that story. Oh, yeah. You know? Definitely. So a few weeks back, uh, we also had mentioned on the show during our comic vault, or we had clipped in actually the audio from a Kickstarter for a book called Steel Wool that you're yes. a part of, right? No. So what's yeah. what's happening with that project now? 
So we, I'm thinking about two weeks, we'll be sending it to the printers. We just got uh, a couple more pages that get drawn and colored um, with uh, by uh, Johannes Vick. Um, that one, it's funny because that's so very different than the other two books, uh, the, the main things that I've done. Uh, right. Because this one is, uh, it's a superhero book, first of all. You know, it's not a sci-fi or fantasy, but uh, it's actually, this comic's actually really important to me because... Uh, uh, it's it's a female lead character uh, who gets superpowers, but she's in high school and she is on the football team. She's actually the star player. Yeah, we uh, watched the video and we saw the description. I was just excited to see more on it. Mm-hmm. Looks pretty cool. So you ought to keep us in touch when uh, you know if you get a digital copy, maybe uh, shoot one away. <laughs> <laughs> I can you do know that. what's good for you. <laughs> now you uh, you yourself have also interned for uh, like. Uh, Devil's Due and First Comics. I read that on the net. Is that correct? Yes, it is. I did that last, uh, actually, just about a year ago. Just about a year ago, I started uh, doing that. What titles were you working on with Devil's Due? Well, I was doing, I mean, obviously, I did some work that was just, you know, uh, lackey work, you know, because I was an intern. But uh, the stuff I was doing there was uh, internal schedules, uh, social media stuff. Oh, uh, okay. online sales, stuff like that. The business end of comics, more or less, is what I was doing with them. I see. I'm sorry. I thought was under the impression you were like, uh, like helping make some of the comics. Gotcha. Right, we get your shit together. Aren't I an asshole? <laughs> not that that's not cool, though. I mean, Devils, <laughs> right, yeah. Devils Do as another uh, great publishing company. Uh, no, was it Merce, Mercy? What was the Mercy one? Mercy Sparks. Sparks. Yeah, yeah, that was a good book. And Scoriers. That's uh, mm. Devils Do oh, too. too. Yeah. That's a good book. Lots of good things over there. That's awesome, man. So you uh, you hit the uh, con circuit pretty hard, it seems. Yes, I, man. It's funny because like I'm in Iowa, and you would and, and you would think like, okay, you know, there's there's not very many cons there, and there's not. But I'm five hours away from Chicago, four hours away from the Twin Cities, and uh, four hours away, four or five hours away from St. Louis and Kansas City. So I'm like smack dab in the middle of everything. Prime location, uh, yeah. right? Absolutely, absolutely. It, it's, you know, and I, I mean, this is what I want to do uh, with my life. I mean, right now I, I work a full-time job out in a warehouse, but, you know, I don't, um, I mean, excuse my language here, but I don't fuck around <laughs> with right. this. I, uh, uh, I, I'm always, I mean, I, I've, uh, this, this uh, in, in April, I've got c 2 in Chicago, and then I've got Planet Comic Con in Kansas City, and then on Saturday, the uh, local college here has a convention, uh, just about a half hour away from here, so. Wow, that's all. That's going. You're going to be busy, <laughs> <laughs> burning some gas. Absolutely, I, I, and, and you know, I enjoy I enjoy them so much. At, it, in my I, in my everyday life, I don't really have. I mean, I have a lot of friends that are comic friends, but n- none of them that I encounter on a day to day basis. Uh, so, especially as far as the Midwest uh, comic scene goes, you kind of get the same guys uh, at, at all these conventions for the most part. But I'm okay with that because then I know them. Uh, like Phil Hester's a buddy of mine. Uh, you know, you get Mike Norton, um, B. Claymore. There's like just a bunch of guys that, that do like every single con, which is fun because then you get to know them. Like, it's weird because. The first comic book store signing I ever went to was for Phil Hester, and now I have his phone number. You know, it's weird because I was so young and I met him back then, and like he just knew me because I was at every convention, so I always saw him. I was at every store signing I saw him, and like now I can text him. It's like it's like That's if I could awesome. tell eight year old me that, he'd be like, "Holy shit, dude!" <laughs> 
Yeah, we get that uh, feeling sometimes here on the show. It's awesome, like when we get to have like a voice actor or something right. like someone on who voiced the Right. Yeah, yeah, it's a great feeling. So that's awesome, man. That's that's really cool. Well, if you ever get uh, over to uh, Columbus, let us know. We'll come check you out. Absolutely, absolutely. Sooner than later, man. Expanded. Nice. Good to hear. Well, Columbus is a becoming quite a little hub for the indie comic. It really is. Yeah. It's uh, the place to be, or at least one of them. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, Michigan, I think, is another. That's, yeah, yeah. That's, they're getting Michigan. really big. They're bleeding down here. Yeah, for sure. Now, uh, people can go to amblincomics.com. Hamblin, excuse me, I said Amblin. That's all good. Hamblincomics.com and check out uh, the projects we've been talking about. Uh, what else can they find on your website? Uh, my website has my resume of published work. Uh, it actually has some free short comics that I've written on there. And then just like, you know, it's all that mumbo jumbo that nobody cares about, but it makes me look like I'm, a, I'm, I don't know, quote unquote, the real deal. Man, I hate saying that. Uh, <laughs> you know, unless you got a website, you're nobody. This guy's legit. Perception is reality, right? Oh, it's so many people. Uh, I, I ran into somebody that I, I haven't seen in a long time last week uh, when I just went out to eat. And they're like, they're like, wait a minute. Here I'm making a living writing comics. Like they thought I was like, like fucking running Marvel. They were very perplexed that I worked a day job. <laughs> and I'm like, no, 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 I'm not there. <laughs> Thank you, though. I appreciate the support. You but may have heard you, of my suit. I mean, if Stanley. you're making comics, you're a comic artist. Yeah. I mean, none of us are making a living right now doing what we want to be doing, making yeah. a living. But. We're doing it. We're know? still podcasters. We're still doing it. You're still it. a comic artist. You exactly. Know? We're still you are here. What you do. <laughs> and I, this, I got nowhere else to go. Our podcast, your comics, that stuff is only ever as serious as we take it. And yeah. I feel we all take it pretty damn serious. Sure. So, you know, as it as it time goes by, I think all four of us here are going to get what we want. Agreed. Mm-hmm. And what is it we discussed a while back? Where you, you got to enjoy the process too. You know, have fun with. Oh it. yeah, angry video game nerd. Yeah, that's, that's right. On. That's what James Rose. Because <clears throat> he has successfully done that. He makes his living doing his videos and stuff now. And he's one thing he said was that's a big sacrifice. And one thing you don't think about is once you're doing it for a living, the hobby, the fun aspect to it kind of goes away. And uh, in some cases, he said he wished he had that back. So. Take advantage of the journey, like you're saying. Yeah. Good on you, Jake. Thanks. <clears throat> well, Austin, this has been a... <laughs> What's that? <laughs> There's my gold star for the day. <laughs> for the month. <laughs> Austin, this has been a lot of fun. Um, do you have any handles on Twitter or Instagram? Or Yes. Uh, my Twitter is at Austin A. Hamblin. Uh, Instagram is Stumpy Ham. Trust me, you don't want to know. Uh, <laughs> just don't ask. Uh, Oh. But right. uh, yeah, I'm on the, all my social media stuff is on my website. So awesome, righteous. Okay, so we're gonna put uh, links on our website to your website and uh, to all that happy information. So man, I want to thank so much for uh, being on the show, and hopefully our paths cross someday soon here. I hope so too. Hopefully not a urine paths. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. never cross the streams. That could be bad. That could be very bad. <laughs> Jack, what do we have on the website? Go to CandairPodcast.com where you can see show highlights, guest info, listen to the show, follow us on all our social media, visit the Hall of Heroes and see the Wall of Justice, check out some of the videos from our YouTube page, and if you'd like to be a guest and promote your work, 
send us an email on our contacts page. And be sure to check out our Twitter at CannedAirPod and our Instagram at Canned underscore Air. we got all kinds of things that are good, some jokes that are great, some that just kind of muddle by. But I tell you what, it's all it's all heartfelt. It's it all good. comes from deep it's in here. It's good stuff. I yeah. enjoy it. Thank you. I do, too. I, I, I don't think it's, it's a biased opinion No, that's, that's an objective look. I mean, if it was look. shitty, I'd be yeah. like, Jake, man, this is Come shit. Come on, man. <laughs> that's <laughs> not <laughs> funny. <laughs> uh, head over to our YouTube channel. Jack has put some uh, new videos up from our weekend at the con. Uh, a couple panels with Millie Bobby Brown, who was Eleven in Stranger Things, and Anthony Mackie, who was the Fal- he's the Falcon in the Avenger movies. Yes, also a and, great interviewer yeah, oh, or interviewee yeah. rather. Yeah, I was telling you guys, I usually don't get the biggest kick out of panels. Right. His was he was entertaining from front to back. Yeah. Great, uh, great panel. Good stuff. And uh, there should be more coverage coming soon, right? Yep. Of uh, some yeah, interviews it's just about did. done. It'll by the time this posts, it'll well be up there. Yeah, awesome. So uh, go over YouTube, check that out. Don't forget Society Six dot com forward slash candair pod buy a t-shirt buy a shower curtain buy a daddy hat whatever the hell that is <laughs> um <laughs> and don't forget to ha- uh, also head over to candair podcast dot dot com and pick up your copy of candair fantasy fight for the low low price of a dollar come $1. on a dollar so a dollar make you holler a dollar right. definitely make you holler in this point you probably have that shit in your couch cushion yeah for one dollar you get hour of entertainment <laughs> you get hours it's still to a be dollar. entertained it's a dollar it's All a dollar it was 30 seconds wait what's this for <laughs> <laughs> so head over there once again Candare Podcast dot bandcamp dot com or just go to the website and click the merch buttons or the fantasy fight button whatever it may be so no more selling ourselves like uh <laughs> Like like hooers this week. <laughs> uh, until next time, I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. I'm Jake Runyon. Oh, I'm gambling. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone. It's one thing to break a window, but it's another to blame Simple Billy. You should be inside listening to the Candare podcast. What about the window? I guess you shouldn't have broke it. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe! Um, I forget what I was going to say. I don't even think it's an hour, Jake. Are you tired of seeing your teen or young adult struggle on a path that clearly isn't the right fit? Is your teenager confused about which direction to take after high school? The future of work is changing rapidly. And our kids need to know all of the options available after high school so they're empowered to make the choice that is best for them. In each episode, we explore the latest trends that are shaping the opportunities of today and tomorrow. I'm your host, Betsy Jewell, and this is the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast.